0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Chapter 7. Acts chapter 7 didn't have my place in my Bible there I was still going to preach of Luke 17 from this morning I don't know if it was a sign from God or what Acts chapter 7 and uh, verse 23 if I, if I sent 32 I meant 23 you can change that for me I apologize I could have transposed the numbers I've never been dyslexic but I might be going that way now <clears throat> Amen Acts 7 and verse number 23, scripture states these words and kind of preface where we're at here. Uh, this is Stephen that has been taken by the council and uh, with accusations against him and prior to being stoned, he basically gives a history of the children of Israel and what God has done throughout their lives. And so it's really one of his last chances to bear testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ and so that's what he's doing and to rather than tell really the short story he told the long story there's several verses here amen if you ever need to prolong your death and they ask you if you have any last words Timothy knew how to take care of it you know just tell a long story have a lot to say and so he states and we're already in his recounting of the history but he states in verse number 23 and when he and he's speaking of Moses here and when he was full forty years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. Notice, notice how how Stephen words this concerning Moses. He says, "For he supposed his brethren." would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. Stephen's recounting all this and he says, says, Moses is 40 years old. He sees an injustice being done to truly by blood. What's one of his brethren. He takes action in defending him and he thought his brethren would understand how he would be the deliverer or how they would receive deliverance but he basically says the people didn't understand deliverance for a little while tonight I want to minister this with the help of the Lord when the there and then becomes the here and now when the there and then becomes the here and now hallelujah let's join our voices tonight if we can and ask god to touch us in the next few moments father i love you appreciate lord jesus again your presence god that i have felt father in this place i'm asking god for a fresh new anointing god for here this evening God, I'm thankful, Lord, for this morning. And I'm asking God if some measure, a similar God, same spirit could enter into this place and we could connect, Lord, with it and that it could say something to us tonight. God, I pray, oh, Lord, touch every mind, heart, soul. God, those that are tired in bodies, we pray, Lord, God, that you would give them strength and rest. God, for this is the rest wherein the weary can rest and we can find refreshing for our soul. Your scripture says, I pray, oh, God, today we'll love you and thank you, God, for whatever it is that you would accomplish in this place. The lovely name of Jesus Christ, I pray. The church say, amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. The lovely name of the Lord. The lovely name of the Lord. And so, as it would seem, and I I try not to trim too many hedges tonight, but just kind of get into the thrust and the meat of the matter, that Stephen, in recounting the history of Israel, recounts something very peculiar here, at least to my understanding, because the way that Stephen relates this history and this story to us concerning Moses being the deliverer, is that it's as though Moses has some type of suspicion that he was to be the deliverer. It, it, this is what, 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 what Stephen is recounting here is before Moses ever spent 40 years on the backside of the desert. This is before he had his burning bush experience where the Lord spoke to him to return to Egypt. This is prior to all of this. But the Bible and Stephen portrays Moses in a certain way that in verse number 25, that Moses supposed his brethren would have understood how God would deliver them as though Moses had a suspicion that he would be used as God as the deliverer or that he was the deliverer. If I could say something this evening, and I would bear that each of us have these particular times in our life, but that is this, that there are times that things are promised to you, prophesied to you, or maybe things that you've even prayed about. And it seems that many times they're always spoken as something in the distant, something that is in the future to be attained. And I don't know how your life is, but I'm talking to you about how I know my life is, and I'm part of this network of humanity when that prophecy is spoken of this shall come to pass or the promise that says this shall be. Or my prayer that says, Lord, help us to get there. It's almost as a runner that's running a race. I have that future thing in mind. I have that place and that time in mind. And at times, Brother Mason, it seems as though I'm gaining on what I see to be the finish line. The culmination of all these things. And just to run with all, and as, as I get, it seems so close to crossing over, it would seem that the finish line is pushed another mile yeah, right. or another couple of miles further in the distance. Yeah, right. Right, right. And that's very disconcerting. It's very difficult. That's, that's overwhelming. Sometimes that brings discouragement. For every promise to always be something that's out yonder. Every prophecy to be something that's in the next years to come without any definitive time frame. Every prayer and answer to that prayer to always be just another mile, just another mile, just another mile ahead of you or in front of you. I believe tonight that the children of Israel sat in a very familiar spot. They had had the prophecies of old before they ever entered into this Egyptian bondage that they would be afflicted for 400 years and that they would sojourn in the land for 430 years. And so I believe there was something contradictory that was going on in their mind because prophecies had been spoken of a day. Promises had been uttered of a day. Amen. Maybe they even prayed from generation to generation. Mom and dad's handing down to their children. It's not always going to be where you're at and how it's taking place right now. A finish line, if you will, that was out in front of them. But after generation passed and generation passed, it still always seemed out in front of them. I don't know if they were taken back Bishop in this time frame when Moses was being groomed as a kid even from his parents to be seen as a goodly child reared and raised in the courts of Pharaoh himself because Pharaoh's daughter took him and he was instructed of all the ways of Egypt and on a certain day the Bible tells us very plainly I believe in verse 23 that it came into the heart of Moses that he would just go see how his brethren are faring and he went down there and would see one being taken advantage of, of an Egyptian and there is Moses and they're misunderstanding Moses and his actions and what he is doing and Moses was under some type of supposition. I thought they would understand that I'm here to deliver them but they did not understand deliverance because the promise to them was always something they were running toward. The prophecy to them was always something still in front of them. The prayer and the answer to prayer for them was always still ahead. I believe Brother Terry in this point of scripture when Moses showed up that if someone had grabbed a hold of it, amen, it would have been so. It would have changed the whole dynamics of scripture. I believe Moses was showing up 40 years early if you will and saying if you all want deliverance, I'm the deliverer and I'm here right here and right, yeah. someone say, Glory. He supposed that they would know that he was the deliverer and that he had come to deliver. But the Bible says they did not understand that. And the reason why they didn't understand that is because they had a steady diet over years and generations of time that it was a promise that was still in front of them. It was a promise that was just being prophesied for a future endeavor, a future event. It was just a prophecy and a promise that was going to come to fruition. Probably not in your day. Maybe. your children's or your children's children. I declare to you tonight, I believe wholeheartedly that some of us that sit in this sanctuary tonight have dealt with certain prophecies and promises and answers to prayer just like that. It's not gonna happen now. It's not gonna happen to me. It's always something that's spoken of as in the future, but I come here as a bold-faced preacher tonight telling you that the Spirit of Heaven says, I'm here to deliver you, not as a future event, but if you want it, you can have it right now. Someone say, amen. Hallelujah!" He supposed. He supposed that they would understand but they did not it was a mind frame it had become a course of life for them to believe it's always in front of them you know any good runner that runs a race he man as he runs he's preparing some final strength and final energy for the last leg of the trip because there's something that happens in the mind of the runner whether it's four laps or whether it's 50 laps he knows on that last lap this is all that's left this is all that's left and he has that little little reserve where the adrenaline kicks in his speed increases amen he runs with all amen without any any restraint because he knows it's just around the corner there is a definite finish I believe we get weary and well doing sometimes because we feel like the finish line is always just before us always a little further down the road I want our understanding to be opened up this evening God has showed up in this place on this Sunday and said if you need deliverance If you need what's been promised to you, prophesied to you, I'm here now to do it. Hallelujah. (laughs) The old and if I can let me just meander just a little bit more here within this story before I go elsewhere the Bible says that he did this he speaks to these brethren concerning what was taking place in their life and whenever he showed up the next day he seemed to have a little a little commotion going on among themselves again going to stand in and say hey this isn't proper this isn't couth you guys are brethren you shouldn't be warned against each other And they spoke to him. Said, are you a ruler? And are you a judge over us? He understood they're not understanding. They're not understanding. The Bible says then, after all this happening, he would go away for 40 years on the backside of a desert until he was approached by that, 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 that that, Uh, That burning bush out in the backside of a desert somewhere where God would speak to him and say Moses I want you to go back to Egypt I want you to be a a deliverer and the people that has asked you hey uh, who made you a ruler who made you a judge over us I want you to go back there and deliver them could you imagine their mind could you imagine the enlightenment of some of those 40 years later when Moses showed up and said hey I'm here because God told me to come back to let you know that deliver Is yours, but if I could just put a little footnote in it, it was also yours 40 years earlier than this. It was your God hadn't changed the plan, He had not changed the man, He had not changed His divine desire of what He wanted to do 40 years past. But there just wasn't a person willing to ascertain it because, in their mind, it was always something further ahead. I understand life does that I understand circumstances do that I understand as we approach and you think it is the checkered flag that you see hey I thought it was supposed to be the end and all it does is indicate to you you still got a few more lives someone say amen the Bible the Lord speaks to his children Israel his covenant people that he loved And he adored. He spoke to them in Isaiah. Isaiah 46. And as he is speaking to them. He is talking to them about they have had their ups and downs. They have had their times that they had served him truly. And other times that they they betrayed even having a God, that they have had their their ebbs and flows. There's times that they were on fire, the times that they were not, the times that they were true, and the times that they were that they were, were anything but true, quite profane, if you will. And as he began to speak to them, he was just really setting them all up. He began to talk to them. He began to talk to them about the gods of Babylon. He began to talk to them how they're made of wood and stone. He said, But the people that serve those things said they gotta put them on a and they got to get some auction to pull the cart. And these people who have these gods are pulling them all across the desert lands and places on a cart. And he said, but I'm not like that to you. He said, you don't have to put me on a cart anywhere. You don't have to carry me anywhere. You don't have to tote me anywhere. He even spoke to them while they're carrying your gods. He says, I'm a God that will carry you. He says I want to contrast some things for you. Every time you've been unfaithful to me you've been carrying your God around but when you become true to me I'll carry you. I'll strap you on my back Amen I'll take the burden upon my shoulders And he said for that matter Don't forget that I know the very end from the beginning Whatever I have spoken It shall be Whatever I've made mention of I'll bring it to pass If I say that it will be It shall be And you don't have to doubt it You don't have to figure otherwise And here's what he was saying He came down to verse number verse number 13 And I'm reading this out of the Living Bible But he came down to verse number 13 of that chapter, speaking to the children of Israel, and these are his words in, 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 in the living Bible. And you can see also what they are in King James Version. But he says, For I am offering you, this is what he's telling them I'm offering you my deliverance, not in the distant future, but right now. I'm ready to save, I'm ready. To save you. You know what God did? He showed up in their oppression. He showed up in their disillusionment. He showed up in their trouble. And he says, I'm just here to give you a little memo right now. A little report. I'm here to deliver you. And I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm not talking about a year from now. I'm not talking about next month. I'm ready right here. right." He's saying this is not a there and then. This is a here and now deliverance. along the way some of us fell prey to disappointment fell prey to disencouragement, disencouragement because we thought we was running the 50 meter yard dash and it's turned into a cross country event He says, I'm offering you my deliverance. It's not the deliverance of an idol you're toting around. This is the deliverance of the God that speaks and it shall and will be. I'm offering you my deliverance. I'm not telling you, bear with me a little while while I get it all together. No, I'm telling you, honey, if you desire it to, It's got to be just the right time, pastor, for God to answer my prayer. It's got to be just a revival service. Amen, for, for that promise to come to pass. No, 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 no. I'm telling you on a Sunday night, amen, a service with just us here. God can show up and bring his deliverance into your life. Someone say, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! My God! Healalabo Hoshiah! My Man, I got to get out of the frame of mind. But every time God promises something it's something for tomorrow or it's something for next year I gotta get that out of my mind because if I do that I'll run in such a way that accommodates my thinking I won't give it everything because I believe it's still way out there it's still in the distant future but if I know it's just 50 meters honey I'm kicking up heels. I'm running with all I'm putting everything into it because I know I'm going to ascertain exactly what he said I could have honey I want to start accepting the promises of God when he says hey it's yours. Say no more, God. I'll receive it. i receive it. I'll receive it. i Amen. <laughs> <Hey>, <sighs> I'm gonna go home tired, but I'll go home with a smile on my face. I have to start doing like that one church, did they put orange juice in the podium for me? Never knew until I took my first drink. <laughs> David said Psalms forty-six and one, he said, God is our refuge. Everybody say he is. He is. No doubt David could have said, God was. And undoubtedly he could have said, he shall be. But he stated emphatically, God is. You need healing, God is your healer. You need salvation, God is your salvation. You need deliverance, God is your deliverer. A very present help in trouble. Hebrews 10.37 says. We're speaking about the coming of the Lord. But I believe it's aspects are far reaching beyond that. It says for yet a little while. And he that shall come. Will come. And will not You say, boy, the years really elapse by, they go by quick. They're gonna to seem to get quicker because God has a quick work to do in the final days. Time through scripture seems to speed up. I'm serious. Time through scripture seems to speed up. What took a process of time in the Old Testament took a moment of time in the New Testament, where before. Hey man, Naaman had to dip seven times to right. cleanse his leprosy. As we've seen this morning, a spoken word takes care of <laughs> it. So he that shall come will come. And he's not gonna tarry. What you've been waiting on concerning your promise. What have you been waiting on concerning your prophecy? What have you been waiting on concerning that prayer you've prayed? Time's speeding up, folks. When you think it's going to be taking another mile ahead of you, you just need to go on and accept it now. Accept it in the now, in the present. Right. Have faith, believe, and accept it. See, not going to tarry long. My wife read me as I was going to sleep last night. Bedtime story for me. Read a news article. Temple Institute. We talked about before making all the preparations for the garments and everything in preparation for the rebuilding of the temple. They just published a news article just yesterday. Temple Institute has the altar of sacrifice now completed. It was the last of the major pieces of furniture. Last of the major pieces of furniture that needed to be finished the levite priest of the uh, of that select group have already been put in training they know what to do how to do Everything's things in order. All the major furnishing. All we need is a switching of control of the temple mount. And you'll see a temple built upon Mount Zion. And all the instrumentation is just ready to fill the house. And there's able to be sacred. What are you saying? He's not going to tarry long. He's not going to tarry long. If the promise is going to come, it's going to come now. If it's going to come to fruition, it's going to happen now. Because there's not too much more on the ta- timetable of eternity for everything to unfold. If it's going to happen, it's going to... So what has he spoken to you? What has he said to your family? Honey, open up your heart. Open up your mouth. And say, God, I'm now ready. Because Habakkuk said this in Habakkuk 2 and 3 whenever he's speaking about the destruction of the enemy and the, and the comfort of the church he said in Habakkuk 2 and 3 he said for the vision is yet for a appointed time he told him beforehand he said write it in a book there's some things that God's prophesied to me personally in my life I've got a black book Sister Sherry you got it for us a few years ago or me personally pastor's appreciation I've written in there some of the things that God's prophesied specifically to my life why? because I'm going to be able to look back on it when I step across the line and the checkered flag is went. He said, For the vision is not yet is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, everybody say the end. the end. It shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry, he says. Uh-huh. It will not tarry. And so friends, there's a dynamic that happens when we begin. To realize this, where spoken promise and prophecy becomes more than a concept or idea, but it becomes reality. Something happens in your life and my life in the life of the church when prophecy becomes a fulfilled prophecy. Walk with me, I won't hold you much longer. three and a half years of drought and no rain by the word of the Lord through his prophet Ah. cattle are dying people are dying it's a dismal situation God using Elijah as his spokesman prophesies it is going to going to rain start line finish line in the distance chugga 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 choo choo it's going to rain prophesied it by his own lips instructed of the Lord goes to a mountain kneels down and prays about the prophecy God you said it's going to rain holding you to your word Lord I know we can't make ultimatums with God. And, you know, some people, say, oh, you know, hold God's feet to the fire. I don't know if you can do that. But you can remind God what God has said. Yeah. Moses spoke to God in no uncertain terms. And he said, God, because God was really wanting just to annihilate all these Israelites. He was just kind of upset with them as Moses was. He said, I'll just wipe them out. Moses stood up and said, God, you can't do this. Because these are your people. Everybody knows these are your people. And says, if you do this, you're going to get yourself a bad rap. You can't do this. So what you got to do, you got to fulfill what you promised to him. I hear lately he's been in a little wrestling match with God. And I told God, God, you promised some things. You prophesied some things. You spoke some things. God, if you don't follow through, you're going to get a bad rap because we're people of the name. And though I can't hold your feet to the fire and I can't make an ultimatum with you, God, I can say, God, just be true to your promise. Because the finish line always seems just another mile ahead. Yeah. All right. All right. Come on. Come on. Elijah's praying, God, you promise, God, you promise. That's coming. That's out there. That's down the road. Has that servant go look toward the sea. What do you see? Nothing, 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 nothing. Seven times he went on the seventh time he's seen a cloud the size of a man's head. Elijah even sees this. So we have a man. Listen to me. He's told to prophesy, it's going to happen. He prays about what's going to happen. And then somewhere along the journey, he starts to see the formation of what's going to happen. Now all that's fine and well, but it's still not happening. It's not happening. It's not taking place. It's been prophesied. I've prayed about it it's been promised I've seen the formation of it but it's still ahead of me it's going to rain God I've prayed about it going to rain God I've seen the formation of it when no one else seen the formation of it it's forming it's coming and sometimes we're stuck in the proverbial the proverbial phraseology, it's coming, it's coming, be encouraged, it's coming, it's going to happen, it's going to take place. And you can only swallow so much of that, you start to wonder, are you serious? I might have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. This coming, coming, coming. Yeah, you say this every year, but where is it? But then Elijah has his servant to go tell Ahab, "Prepare thy chariot, get thee down, that the rain stop thee not." He says that because he's seen something forming, but he's not yet experienced anything. And as it were, the chariots and their wheels would be easily ensnared in mud or or, or, or ground that was wet, and so saying, "Get you down, because you better get while the getting's able." Because there's rain coming, and you could get stuck in the mud, and so he speaks to them, Zach, brother Zach or whoever's up there operating. First Kings chapter 18 and verse 45. First Kings 18 and 45. And the Bible says after he had his servant do this, First Kings 18:45, he says, "In the meanwhile, the sky was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain." And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Now the picture here in the the climax of this story is Ahab took, took, took the words of Elijah. He got in his chariot and he's heading down. He's heading down in his chariot. Down to Jezreel because he said it's going to rain and the prophet said a lot of other things and it's happened and taken place. (sighs) Listen to me now. Elijah though doesn't now just see the formation But he's feeling and experiencing the fruition of that which had been prophesied, that which had been promised, and that which had been prayed about. In so much, he's headed down to Jezreel as well. And the Bible says in so many words, and I'm just paraphrasing, that Elijah outran Ahab in the chariot. And we're like, can uh, this be that a natural man could outrun a man in a chariot. Number one, God's hand was upon Elijah. But number two, something happens when you're there and then becomes a here. Everything Elijah prayed about, everything he prophesied about, everything he promised about, he felt and experienced as that rain came down. In that moment, there was a new felt exuberance. There was a revival in the spirit of Elijah that enabled him to outrun a chariot and horses because he was experiencing deliverance now. He prophesied about it. He prayed about it. It's been promised, but now here it is. There's nothing like experiencing what God said he would do. There's nothing like experiencing the promise that God said it's gonna happen. There's nothing like receiving from God what he's prophesied to you in your life. There's nothing like getting the answer that you've been praying about, that that finish line always been in the front of you and all of a sudden you're crossing over, you're crossing over, it's here and now. changes the phraseology. It's not coming. It's here. It's not on its way. It's here. I'm it's the Isaac that was prophesied compared to the baby that's being rocked in the arms of Sarah. Make all the preparations you want for a kid. Have the bags packed. Have everything just orderly and ready. Because it's coming. You have a time frame even. You know about nine months... They give you a date and you're wondering if they're gonna be right or if it's gonna be overdue or underdue. But there's nothing that serves to fill in the exhilaration. Like when she looks at you and says, I believe it's time. Everything else prior to this moment, at that moment, doesn't matter. Why? Because it's time. I'm looking to the faces of some of you. Let me tell you, your light of affliction is just for a moment, because you're just about ready to step on the white line to finish. That says it's time, it's time, it's now. What's always been out there is now right in front of your face. Go on and walk the length, the height, and the breadth of it. It is yours. It's here and now. It's here and now. It's here and now. Stand to your feet with me right now. Yes So if I may revise the lyrics, God's going to send a miracle. And it's on its way right now. God's going to send a miracle. Here it is. the timetable of eternity speeds up we got to start interpreting his promises and prophecies as more as more evident in the now rather than the then because time is dictating the timetable of eternity is dictating all things all this stuff has to take place before the rapture and if it is not even at the door the things that have been bottled up, promised and prophesied has to start letting loose it does it does my preview of the scripture, it must so don't misunderstand God's word for your life, don't misunderstand God's prophecy, his promise for your life Looking at it as just another finish line that's going to be stretched another mile in front of you. <sighs> Honey, you may be on the last turn in this race. You may be on the last turn in this journey. You might be on the last turn in this prophecy. Let your there and then become the here and the now. shaya. <sighs> Will you raise your hands right now to the Lord? <sighs> Come on, somebody talk to God right now. Hallelujah. If you need to speak to him in that unknown tongue and utter something that you're not even privy to, talk to God right now. Come on, voices everywhere. I'm asking you to raise them. If you need to pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit because you'll pray something that you're not even privy to. Somebody needs to just tell God tonight God be true to your promise God be true to your prophecy God I'm not holding your feet to the fire but I'm just asking you to be true because you're for your name's sake God your name is on the line, everybody knows we're your children, everybody knows that we belong to you, everybody knows it's yay and amen to those that believe just be faithful to your promise be faithful to your word, be faithful to your prophecy, let the there and then become the here and now, let the future become the present, let God be my refuge, let God be my strength, let God be a very able hope We're going to sing. And if it seems like life, that the finish line has always been yet another mile as soon as you start approaching, always another mile ahead, I want you to claim the here and now tonight. I want you to claim the here and now. God showed up on this Sunday night saying, I'm here to deliver you. I'm not talking about a deliverance in the future, I'm talking about one right now. I'm talking about one right now. Everybody say, right now. now. Someone say, right right now. Right now.